Hi, and welcome to Unsolved Mysteries of the World, where we explore the unexplained. Our topics include missing persons, UFO and aerial phenomenon, unsolved murders, lost treasures, cryptozoology, urban legends, conspiracies, ancient archaeological anomalies, and much more. If this is your first time listening to us and you like our show, remember to subscribe when you get a chance. Each episode, we will dive into a topic or case with an in-depth narrative and include special guest interviews where possible. This is Season 1, Episode 2, The Unsolved Mystery of the Mary Celeste, one of the greatest nautical mysteries of all time. A British brig was about 400 nautical miles east of the Azores Islands on December 5, 1872, when crew members noticed a ship adrift amongst stormy seas. Captain Morehouse was puzzled as he recognized the ship as the Mary Celeste, which had left New York City eight full days before him and should have already reached its final destination in Italy. Concerned about the crew aboard the Mary Celeste, he changed course to offer help. As the ships met, a boarding party was assembled and observed that the main deck was abandoned. Below deck, they noticed the ship's charts had been tossed about the room and crewmen's clothing was tucked away in sealed trunks. Others noticed that one of the ship's two pumps seemed to have been disassembled and three to four feet of water was sloshing around the ship's bottom. On the main deck, others further noticed that the lifeboat was missing. However, the ship was seaworthy, there was no indication of immediate distress, and there was food and water for six months aboard. The crew had simply vanished. And this is the beginning of the unsolved nautical mystery of the Mary Celeste. What happened to the ten people aboard the ship? Theories have ranged from drunken mutiny to sea pirates to insurance fraud to sea monsters to even alien abduction. Through the years, the dates, times, crew members, ship name, and circumstances have changed dramatically. In 1884, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote a short story based on the Mary Celeste that fictionalized a vindictive ex-slave. In 1935, the Phantom Ship was released, starring Bella Lugosi as a homicidal crew member. Countless short stories, documentaries, and newspaper articles all embellished the tale and provided eerie theories as to what happened aboard the Mary Celeste. Some claimed that the boat was perfectly dry, that dinner plates with food and cups still with cold drink were served, but no one had made it to dinner. They provided a narrative that indulges the imagination with little regard for facts. The facts will be presented here and theories explored. Perhaps you can unravel this seaworthy mystery. The Mary Celeste began its voyage on November 7, 1872, sailing with seven experienced crew members along with Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs, his wife Sarah, and their two-year-old daughter Sophia. The cargo held alcohol, but there's controversy surrounding the actual cargo and the total amount. The ship struggled with heavy winds, large waves, and stormy skies for two weeks prior to reaching the Zora's Islands, where the last entry in the ship's log was recorded at 5 a.m. on November 25th. Even so, 
The last log does not indicate a reason for the crew members to be alarmed. The ship was largely intact and its cargo still in place. This would rule out some of the theories presented earlier. Certainly, an unknown sea creature large enough to disrupt a 282-ton brigantine would cause damage to the hull and possibly sink the ship altogether. The captain would have never abandoned the ship and climb aboard a smaller lifeboat if this was the case. The cargo and belongings of the crew were also unmolested, and thus the suspicion that sea pirates murdered the crew and did not steal the valuables on board makes no sense. Mutiny is also a dead end. Certainly, if a crew member or members hijacked their own ship, there would have been signs of a struggle, blood perhaps. Discovery of a red substance upon a sword and elsewhere on the ship was later determined not to be blood at all. The scientific analysis and conclusion of this matter was not released to the public until 14 years after the event, sending wild speculation of a bloody mutiny as the leading cause of the crew's disappearance. The theory of a mutiny is highly unlikely, as there is no one alive that would have been benefited from such an action. The crew aboard were experienced sailors and very much loyal to their captain and their work. This is evident by the ship's condition. Other than some wet areas in the ship from broken hatches and items tossed about, certainly from the storms the Mary Celeste encountered, the ship was in good condition. The crew of the De Gracia, the first ship that spotted her drift, sailed her easily back 800 miles to Gibraltar, where a British court convened a salvage hearing to determine if the ship crew were subject to a salvage payment by the ship's insurer. The Attorney General in charge of the inquiry suspected foul play, but after three months of investigation found no evidence to suggest anything criminal had occurred aboard the ship. Eventually, the salvagers received payment, but only one-sixth of the ship and cargo insurance policy, suggesting yet another theory, that the authorities may have believed the crew members of the De Gracia were perhaps responsible for the missing crew of the Mary Celeste. The investigation revealed that the ship's charts and the captain's navigational equipment were missing. They also noted the galley was in a bad state, the stove was knocked out of its place, and the cooking utensils were strewn around. The whole ship was thoroughly wet. The captain's bed was not fit to sleep in and had to be dried. The main halyard, a stout rope three inches in circumference, was found later broken and hanging over the side. Speculation is that the captain had tied the lifeboat to the halyard, and it either broke or it was cut deliberately. But what would make a captain abandon his seaworthy vessel board a lifeboat with his wife and two-year-old daughter. Hey guys, just a quick break. If you are enjoying this podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and other podcast directories. Remember to join us on Facebook to continue the discussion. You may also want to help support us at patreon.com and become a patron. For as low as a dollar, you can help support future productions. Now, back to the mystery of the Mary Celeste. The answer to the mystery may be a simple one. 
Investigators aboard the ship noted that nine of the alcohol barrels were empty, and those empty barrels were made of red oak, while the others were made of white oak. It is widely accepted that red oak is more porous and could have been the reason why the barrels were empty. The stormy seas may have also played a part. Perhaps the overturned stove caused a scare and smelling alcohol fumes, the captain ordered his crew to the safety of the life raft. He ties her up to the main vessel and awaiting either an explosion or a clearing of the air. Perhaps while awaiting to see what would happen to the Mary Celeste, the weather worsened and the lifeboat sank, breaking the rope and sealing the fate of all those aboard. But other theories suggest that a sea quake, essentially an earthquake on the sea floor, caused the ship to toss in the sea, perhaps throwing some crew members overboard, causing the alcohol to leak and causing fumes and possibly a huge scare amongst the crew. Would an experienced captain, along with its crew, panicked enough to cause misjudgments? Some suggest even if the Mary Celeste did explode, it would have been a better bet at survival during violent weather or a sea quake than that of the small lifeboat. There is another problem. According to historical data, there was no record of an earthquake. The 19th century mystery was said to be solved by Dr. Sella, a chemist, broadcaster, and professor at the University College London, who built a replica of the hold of the Mary Celeste. Using butane gas, he simulated an explosion caused by leaking alcohol from the ship's cargo. Instead of wooden barrels, he used paper cubes. Setting a light to the gas caused an enormous blast, which sent a ball of flame upward. Witnesses expected the paper cubes, along with the cargo hold, to be burned, blackened, and damaged. Surprisingly, neither happened. What we created was a pressure wave type of explosion, says Dr. Sella. There was a spectacular wave of flame, but behind it was relatively cool air. No soot was left behind, and there was no burning or scorching. Given all the facts we have, this replicates conditions on board the Mary Celeste. The explosion would have been enough to blow open the hatches and would have been completely terrifying for everyone on board. Such a massive explosion could have been triggered by a spark caused when two loose barrels rubbed together or when a careless crewman, pipe and mouth, opened a hatch to ventilate the hold. Others are still not convinced that a blast even a terrifying one that caused no damage whatsoever would cause the experienced captain or the crew to abandon a perfectly good ship in rough water. There is no explanation that substantiates the Mary Celeste abandonment with full evidence and facts. So this remains as one of the greatest nautical mysteries of our times. Some say the Mary Celeste was cursed with bad luck and her final resting place may solidify this argument. Her life began in the shipyards in Spencer Island, Nova Scotia, Canada, in 1861, and was christened the Amazon. She was a mighty ship measuring 31 meters long, 7.6 meters wide, and displaced 282 tons of water. On her maiden voyage, however, the ship suffered a large amount of damage to her hull after running into a fishing dam off the seacoast. 
During this time, the first master, Robert McClelland, fell ill and died. When the ship was brought back to the shipyards for repair, a fire broke out, delaying its repair. Subsequently, the commander, John Parker, was fired. During her first Atlantic crossing, she collided with another ship in the Straits of Dover, causing the other ship to sink. Mary Celeste was once again heavily damaged and in need of repairs. When she returned to Canada after repairs, she ran aground off Cow Bay, Nova Scotia, and had to be rescued and repaired once again. The Mary Celeste was getting a notorious reputation and often changed hands to different owners. Many did not make profit with her, and some even went bankrupt trying to sail her. Even so, the fateful journey on December 7th, 1872, where her entire crew went missing, would not be her last. After the insurance hearings and newspaper stories of bloodshed, mutiny, and murder, she was left to rot on wharves. In 1874, the ship was finally sold at a considerable loss to a partnership of New York businessmen. She would regularly sail mainly in the West Indies, an Indian Ocean route, but it is noted that she rarely, if ever, brought in a profit. In 1879, her captain called for assistance near the island of St. Helena. Her captain, Edgar Tuthill, was said to be very ill. He was brought ashore, but died shortly after from a mysterious illness. Everyone now believed that the ship must be cursed. Later, she was once again sold to different hands, but none could seem to make her profitable. In November of 1884, its owner, along with its captain, conspired with a group of Boston shippers who filled the cargo hold with useless cargo, misrepresented it as something of value on the manifest, and insured the goods for $30,000. That's about $850,000 in today's money. On January 3, 1885, Captain Parker ran her into a well-charted coral reef between the island of Genova and Haiti. The entire bottom of the ship ripped open and wrecked her beyond repair. The crew then rowed safely to shore on several lifeboats. Captain Parker sold the salvageable cargo to the U.S. Consul for a mere $500. The ship's insurers investigated and found that fraud had been committed and had Captain Parker arrested for bear trade. That's the crime of casting away a ship. At the time, it was punishable by death. A jury was undecided on the matter and a judge came to an agreement. The charges were dropped and the insurance money was paid back in full. Captain Parker's reputation was ruined and he died several years later, penniless. The Mary Celeste was forgotten, except within the tales of legend and lore. The De Gracia, the ship that rescued her by the Azor Island, was forgotten as well, except for one fascinating fact. She was wrecked at Black Rock in Pembrokeshire after breaking her moorings in a southeast storm on December 27, 1907. Her crew believed it was part of the Mary Celeste curse. In 2001, an expedition headed by the marine archaeologist and author Clive Cussler announced that they had found the remains of the ship embedded in the coral reef. Only a few pieces of timber and some metal artifacts could be salvaged, the remainder of the wreckage 
being lost within the coral. Initial tests on the wood indicated that it was a type of extensively used in the New York shipyards at the time of the Mary Celeste 1872 refit, and it seemed the remains of the Mary Celeste had been finally found. However, dendrochronological tests carried out by Scott St. George of the Geological Survey of Canada showed that the wood came from trees most likely from the U.S. state of Georgia that would still have been growing in 1894, about 10 years after the ship's demise. Not only did the crew vanish mysteriously, it appears the entire ship had disappeared as well. The only thing left is the mystery. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Capelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler.